put it in the offering box. Let's all stand and let's go to the Lord in prayer real quick. Oh Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you for the worship that left us with your presence and filling this place, Lord. For we feel your presence here, Lord, guided in with the Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, we just trust in you this morning. We give you praise, we give you honor. We give you glory, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in this church. We thank you for all that you're doing with these people, Lord. Oh, Lord, we just ask you to continue to open up the windows of heaven and let the floodgates just open and pour, pour out blessing after blessing, Lord. Oh, Lord, for we are faithful. We are your faithful servants, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning we're going to talk about from Zechariah chapter 3. I'm going to say, you know, are you still wearing those filthy garments? This is a vision that Zechariah was given. This is a vision of Joshua, the high priest at the time. The first five verses are about Israel and Joshua standing up for Israel. The remaining verses of the chapter are about the coming of the church and how Jesus is going to come in there. So we read, and then he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan was sitting at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem. Rebuke you. This is not a brand plucked from the fire. Now Joshua was clothed in filthy garments and was standing before the angel. And he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away these filthy garments from him. And he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you in rich robes. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put on clothes with him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. The angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house. And likewise, I will have charge over my courts. I will give you places to walk among those who stand here. Oh, hear, O Joshua the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, for they are a wondrous sign for behold, I am bringing forth my servant, the branch. For behold, that I have laid before Joshua upon the stone, there are seven eyes. And behold, I will engrave this inscription, said the Lord of hosts, and it will remove the iniquity from the land in one day. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, Everyone will invite his neighbor under his vine and under his fig tree. 
Thank you for the reading of the word. So this takes place about 70 years. Israelites are in Babylon. They've been in exile. And now they're leaving. They're leaving Babylon. They're moving out back to Jerusalem. They were led by the prophet or the scribe Ezra and the Persian Empire's cupbearer, Nehemiah. The governor of Judea was the prince of the house of David. He was named Zerubbabel. And the high priest was named Joshua. The prophet Haggai encouraged the people to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem and to restore proper worship. The prophet Zechariah desired the people to turn to the Lord and offered hope in spiritually difficult times. Oh, how well we know difficult times, do we not? The culture we're living in, the fights we have. But the Lord of hosts is calling upon us to rebuild this temple. This is Jesus' temple. Amen. You know, and just like it was said this morning from the platform, you felt the Lord saying, we will rebuild this temple. You will all be the ones, the cornerstones, the stones of this temple. In a series of visions, Zechariah went beyond the needs of his own time to the coming of Jesus. Zechariah spoke of the Prince of Peace entering Jerusalem humbly, riding on a donkey. He also had a vision the great shepherd was to be smitten and the sheep scattered. And the fountain of forgiveness would be opened up for the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The Lord would pour out his Holy Spirit on the people and they would look upon their crucified Savior and mourn for their sins. In Zechariah 3, we see that Joshua is the high priest standing to minister before the angel of the Lord. And as Joshua prepared the altar and offered the prescribed sacrifices, Stan, Satan stood beside him as his adversary and as his accuser. Now most of you are familiar with the book of Job. In Job chapter 1, verses 8 through 11, it said, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answers the Lord and says, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, around all that is on his side? Have you not blessed the work of his hands, the possessions have increased in his land. Now stretch out your hand and touch all he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. But Job never lost faith. Job never lost his trust in the Lord. So I say, fear not. 
Because the end of the, in the end, the accuser will be cast down. Amen. Revelation 12.9 says to us, or 12.10 says, Then I heard a sound, a loud sound from heaven, saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of our Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who has accused them before God day and night, has been cast down. The devil's been cast out. He's gone. The angel of the Lord is identified with our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus rebuked Satan in the name of the Lord. There is no higher name in heaven or upon the earth. So he rebukes in his Father's name. One must remember that one of Satan's biggest tactics is to remind us of our own sin. He brings them ever before us in thought and deed, continually afflicts our mind with our past. He likes to dress us in our sin. But the loveliness of God and his response is he has forgiven Israel for their waywardness. He has forgiven us as well upon our confession. All we had to do was confess our sins. Hebrews 8, verse 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. God remembers nothing that you've confessed of. You're free and clear. The mercy of God is far-reaching. It can touch us all. It goes to the deepest part of our being. God's mercy gets deep inside each and every one of you. He reveals the deepest secrets of our lives. He knows them. He knows the horror of some of the choices you've made. It goes that far and he cleanses it, removing all we have once defined. We were at one point. Don't let the enemy redress you in your sins of the past. You are clothed in Christ. This is what you wear, the clothes of Christ, the clothes of righteousness. If you have confessed your sins, they are gone. You hear me? If you have confessed your sins, they're gone. God isn't remembering them. And neither should we. Stand against all these thoughts of destruction. Of the enemy's words tirelessly trying to remind us. Shed the past. Walk in the freedom. Live with a purpose. Not in a past. Peter tells us, and you're all familiar with the scripture, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Our prayers should be offered in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
who is our only advocate with the true living God. Jesus is the only advocate we got up there. We pray in the name of Jesus, and Jesus takes it to the Father on behalf of us. The Lord told the accuser to withdraw. Jerusalem is the chosen people of God. He had plucked as a brand from the fire the provisional return from exile. The fierce ordeal was over. And the high priest, Joshua, stood for the people and was offering sacrifices and offerings on behalf, on their behalf. Yet in Zechariah's vision, we see Joshua wearing filthy garments, symbolic of sin. Jesus instructed his ministering angels, remove all the filthy garments. He told Joshua he was removing his iniquity and he would clothe him with rich robes, the robes of righteousness. God has removed whatever filthy garments you've had, whatever iniquity you have, and he has clothed you with the robes of righteousness. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As the bridegroom decks out himself with ornaments, and the bride adorns herself with her jewels. Zechariah prayed that Joshua's priestly turban would be restored. And the angel of the Lord stood to see that it was done. In Joshua 3, 5, it was said, and I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head. They put their clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. No longer was Joshua praying on behalf of others. But Jesus was praying on behalf of Joshua. Joshua, Jesus is praying on behalf of all of you. He's praying on behalf of all of you. He's covering and carrying you to the Lord. Jesus made an oath to Joshua. If Joshua would be obedient to the Lord, he would preside over the ceremonies of the temple. This is what we need to do. We need to be obedient to the Lord. And he will preside here. He will live here. He will dwell here. And he will be part of our rebuilding. If we walk in God's ways and keep his commandments, he would walk among the angels. Joshua would keep guard against the disrespectful, not as a servant keeping house for his master, but as a priestly ruler upon his throne. You can see how this relates to today. You see how this relates to the church. Joshua says to the Lord of hosts in chapter 6, verse 12, Behold the man whose name is the branch, which is translated roughly as 
a wise and just ruler. From his place he shall branch out, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall bear the glory, and he shall sit on his throne, and he shall also be the priest on his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. Now we know in the old days, the priest was different than the king. But what they're talking about here is he shall be the priest upon his right hand as the clause was intended to declare the Messiah should. Like Mechizedek combined the offices of priest and king. The council of the priests shall be between both. The two offices or dignitaries shall meet and they are combined in one person. The Messiah in his two offices. He is the priest and he is the king. The Messiah is our high priest. We are out of the order of Mechizedek. We are not out of Aaron's order. That went, that died when Jesus was crucified, when Jesus came. Because Jesus was out of the order of Mechizedek. And he is our priest and he is our king. One common design. And his only design, his only hope is to bring peace to his people. How important is peace to each and every one of your lives? When you can have peace above everything else. When the Lord says, I give you peace, I bring you joy. Behold, said the Lord, signifying something important. Hear, O Joshua, the high priest, and your companions you sit before, for they are a wondrous sign. Behold, I am bringing forth the branch. The Lord proclaims in this vision that he would bring forth his servant, the anointed one, for an almost an extinct line of the King David. Jesus would come into this world born in a royal line. And if we remember Joshua or uh, Zechariah, I mean, the husband of Elizabeth, the father of John the Baptist, to give you an idea. This is the fountain stone laid by God, which is now set before Joshua. It refers first to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judea who laid the foundation for the rebuilding of the temple. Well, now you guys lay the foundation. You are the cornerstones. You are the people that will build this church. You are the ones that God has called upon. The stone has seven eyes, representing the perfection of God's providence, the perfect knowledge, the wisdom of Christ, and the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> this is all coming up before us. Every bit of this is called upon by God to happen to each and every one of us. 
And you say, praise the Lord this morning. I mean, Jesus Christ is our high priest. Amen. He gives intercession for us. Anything that we do, any any fault of ours, anything else, we just pray to Jesus and he takes it before the Lord. Yes. We are forgiven of every sin if we repent of it. Yeah. And then God says, I remember it no more. Amen. Don't be fooled by the enemy. Don't let the enemy con you back into remembering your past. That's gone. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, we do so. Somehow. Because we're worthy of him hearing our prayers. We make our first approach to Jesus who burdened our sin. But he got us God's forgiveness. In this vision, the word from Zechariah show how much God wanted to encourage and strengthen Joshua the priest. And he does it in the best way. Setting your eyes on the Messiah is the best way to bring peace to your life. If Jesus is the center of your life, not that you won't have some troubles, not that you won't have some to do some suffering, but Jesus will bring you through it. He is the one. He's always there to encourage us. He will never let you falter. And he will never give you over to the enemy. You are his. You are his chosen people. You are his priests. The priests in the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived by thoughts put in your head like you're not good enough to come to Jesus. Amen. The gospel's for sinners, not those who imagine they are righteous. Mm. Jesus wants you to come to him just as you are. Yes. Just as you are. Amen. Like Joshua the high priest, you will have filth of sin removed from your person. Like Joshua the high priest, priest, you will be clothed in Christ's righteousness. So put your trust in Jesus. I mean, really trust him. Really give it all to him. Not just surface Christianity. We've seen that. You see that everywhere. People claim to be Christians, yet they're not living the life. They're not wearing the robe of Christ. I mean, he is, he is everything. He's our future hope. I mean, Jesus is just remarkable. If you all stand. to play let me let me just end with Psalm 51 verse 10 through 12 and a lot of you are probably familiar with this create in me a clean heart O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me 
Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation. And uphold me in your generous spirit. Oh Lord, this is what we cry out for. Create in me a clean heart, oh Lord. Yes, Lord. Create